Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I always have at least 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. This is a show where we believe that sharing yourself will make you less lonely. And today we are talking about clothes and closets, because sometimes a shirt is just a shirt, and sometimes it's like a symbol for a whole new identity. I know you know what I mean, that our clothes can often be more than just garments. My guest today is a person who is perfect to speak with us about it, and it is Allison Lombardis. She has 10 tips for building your best wardrobe. You may remember I had Allison on episode 134, where we talked about 10 tips for wardrobe confidence. That was a great episode also, if you want to go listen to it. But today, we're also sort of talking about like the true logistics of making your closet the most functional for you. Allison Lombatis is the founder of Outfit Formulas, an online styling program that has helped over 100,000 women build wardrobes and get dressed every day. Allison is also the best-selling author of The Ultimate Book of Outfit Formulas. She believes that every woman deserves to have access to great style and is worthy of feeling confident in her clothes. Allison and I talk about so many things in this episode that I think will really resonate with you from like the actual things to do when you want to clean out your closet to sort of examining some of the inner work that we sort of carry around our style and our appearance. I think that that is what makes this a worthy conversation for 10 Things to Tell You is that it really is helping us think about some of the things that are underneath the surface things. This conversation inspired me personally to look at my closet with fresh eyes, and it got me excited to make some changes in my closet so that I can be dressed in the best way possible for me. I hope you enjoy this episode with Allison Lombatis giving us 10 tips to build your best wardrobe. Allison, welcome back to 10 Things to Tell You. I am so excited to be back again. I'm so excited you're back because I love this topic, style, but also I've been sharing here for years that as much as I like love to talk about style, I love to follow like accounts that talk about style, I personally have struggled a little bit in my personal style in my 40s because it's changing, but 
I don't want to let go of some parts of it, but I'm not even sure how to move forward with other parts of it. And so I love following you on Instagram for this exact reason. And I love that you are here to talk to all of us about this topic. I love talking about over 40 style in particular, because I feel like that's kind of that age where the alarm bells start going off where we're like, okay, should I be wearing this anymore? Is this still age appropriate? And uh, I have some things I want to share about that with you later, (laughs) spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it does get harder. And we do start asking ourselves those questions and in ways that we need to be evolving in our style at this point too. I know for me, so I'm 44 and it was, it wasn't about like, is this appropriate anymore? I do feel like I did age out of certain stores or certain trends. And I was like sort of fine with that. The first time I walked into an Urban Outfitters and I was like, this is not for me. Like I, I definitely remember that, but I was sort of okay with that. For me, it was more about like I had had a really specific style for a long time. And then when we had this COVID interruption where we all wore sweats for like a full year, you know, when I came out of that, I, I couldn't tell if I still liked some of these things anymore. Like I was like, am I just picking up this color or this style or this bold pattern or whatever? Because that's just sort of what I've always been attracted to. Like, is this still what I want to wear? Is this still who I think I am and and like kind of want to express it? or not. And honestly, I couldn't tell. Like I actually could not tell if I liked some of these things or if I was just picking them up by default. I think it's cool that you're asking yourself those questions because a lot of us do get stuck sort of in this style rut and we are kind of afraid to explore again and to experiment with style. And it's supposed to be fun. And it is honestly, it's something that evolves. And when I look at where my style was even just five years ago and where it is today, There are different things that speak to me and different things that appeal to me. I feel like my baseline style has been the same. Like I still tend toward like the classic things, but now I'm more likely to take chances or not care as much about what other people think, but really just kind of like honoring what feels true to me and dressing more for my lifestyle instead of what I think I should have in my closet. That was also a big, big breakthrough too. Okay. And also having a teenager now. So I have a teenage girl who's always been interested in style, but now she's like actually fun to go to the mall with, you know, that kind of thing. And one of the sort of aha light bulb moments I had was we were in a store, big box store in the mall kind of thing. And I picked up a dress or a shirt and I was like, oh, I like this. And she said, don't you already have like three things exactly like that? First of all, she was right. Okay, so teenagers will tell it how it is. Second of all, I was like, yes, and I don't even know if I would wear this one that's in my hand in the store. I just am used to buying this type of thing. It really was like a an aha moment, Be, and even though my daughter was calling me out, you know, it was very, it was interesting, and it, It wasn't the first time I started exploring this topic because that was kind of recently, but it was feeding into a lot of these thoughts that I'd already been having of like, okay, I actually need to make some adjustments to have a wardrobe or at least the base of a wardrobe of things that I am really happy to own, which is what you're here to talk to us about today. Before we get into the whole like 10 takeaways, you're going to give us 10 tips to build this type of wardrobe. 
introduce yourself to the audience. I hope that they listened to your episode that you were on before about wardrobe confidence. I'm going to point everyone there. But in case they haven't, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you are qualified to talk about this topic? Absolutely. And I don't know that I'm qualified to talk about it. (laughs) In all honesty, I am the first to admit I am an accidental personal stylist. You know, I never felt stylish growing up. I feel like style is a skill, though, that anybody can learn. And that's exactly what I did. You know, I started diving into this topic probably about 15 years or so ago, whenever I started working from home, I had been in corporate America for a long time. And I felt like I had that nailed down pretty well. I wore a pencil skirt, a blouse and heels just about every day. And it was super easy. But when I would come home in the evenings, I wasn't quite sure what to change into. Weekends were tough too. So I just defaulted to throwing on yoga pants or sweatpants, you know, the comfy clothes that I would change into when I got home. And when I first started working from home and wasn't in an office anymore, there was a huge transition that took place where I had this closet full of clothes, yet nothing to wear because everything in there worked for the corporate past life, but it didn't work for the new work from home lifestyle. So over time, I had to learn how to rebuild my wardrobe. And that's really when I started to dig into this because I thought, you know, I don't feel naturally stylish. I have friends that just look so put together and know how to do this. Like they get it. What is their secret? So I I come from an engineering background. I used to be a network engineer in telecom and my brain kind of works that way where it's like, okay, I can build frameworks for these things, right? Like style, there's got to be this code that I can crack within this space too. And that's really when I discovered the power of outfit formulas and the ability to sort of mix and match the pieces in my closet into different outfits. So the first thing I did was I built my core wardrobe of basics. And that was really just done through research. Like I went out to Pinterest, I would read through lists of things that were, you know, considered closet staples. And I added those pieces into my closet first. And then once I had that covered, I was able to kind of start exploring more of the trend pieces that I wanted to add in a little bit of fun, you know, to keep things fresh and, and feeling current and up to date. So I added those pieces in. And then I really just started this practice of mixing and matching my items in as many ways as possible to create outfits. So I started blogging back then, um, back in 2013, I think is when I first started blogging and just sharing about the things that I was learning and talking about what I was adding to my wardrobe and just really being very honest and authentic on this journey of, of rebuilding. And what happened was, you know, back then blogging, I found an audience and a commu- or an audience found me uh, of women who were really in the same boat that were working from home that wanted to look put together, but you know, they didn't need the high heels and the fancy clothes anymore. And I think that a lot of the influencers back then in that space, in the style space, were in this dressier area. So this really Mm -hmm. resonated with women and kind of took off organically where I took a severance package from corporate America, you know, a year into blogging, decided to just really kind of go all in on sharing what I was learning and seeing where this would go. And I rolled out Outfit Formulas, which is the program, my online personal styling program in 2014, which it'll be 10 years, yay, this year, um, since we started that. And it's really just like, kind of like meal planning for your closet. So again, I don't feel like I come from a style background, or I really got to know who I was in my own personal style until I was probably in my 30s, which is to say it is never too late. (laughs) You can always explore this space. But I've just been having a blast with it ever since then, honestly. 
This might be a tangent, but I'm just going to ask you because it has piqued my curiosity. But you said at the very beginning that you did never felt stylish growing up. Was this a result of like, I don't know, this could, I don't know, is this because you were in a small town, a big city, you had a bunch of siblings? I don't know what made you feel that way or like what even made you say that? Because I was like, wait, why? Yeah, yeah. So many things. Honestly, you know, when I think back, I was very, very awkward as a teenager. (laughs) I was very shy. I had two older sisters that I felt were like super glamorous and they were, you know, like class valedictorian and they were pageant queens. And I was the youngest in the family. And I just felt, I just remember feeling just very, very awkward as a teenager. And also, you know, I heard somewhere that we develop our identity around age 15 when it comes to style. And if you're not in a space where it's really conducive for you to explore that and, you know, to try out different things, if, you know, we had, I had kind of like a turbulent childhood. I wasn't able really to focus on that around that age. So I felt like that whole period just sort of passed me by so that I wasn't able to really just kind of explore style and what that meant to me until later on in life, which was great because then I had a little bit of a disposable income and could play around with it, which I didn't have then. But yeah, it was, when I look back on those years now, I just, I see a very shy, very insecure version of myself in those teen years and just have a lot of compassion for her now and feel like really exploring style is is a way of honoring that teenage girl that wanted to be able to do that, that wanted to feel pretty, that wanted to play in makeup. And I had just like short, frizzy, curly hair, an overbite, glasses. Like it's, it was, it, the teen years were not kind to me, but yeah, it's just, it, it's been a, it's been an evolution and a journey and one that I've just discovered so much of myself in this whole process. Like personal style is truly so personal and it is such a journey and it is so worth exploring. Everyone has a style story. I love to talk to women about their style stories and how, you know, some of the things that they encountered growing up. And I just remember like being made fun of one time in high school because I was wearing like this oversized sweatsuit and just not feeling good about myself. And we all have those stories. And, and it's just kind of like a time of redemption when we get older and we're able to to explore that part of ourselves. Okay, I'm so glad I ask because when we're talking about clothes on this episode, we're talking about so much more than clothes, right? Like it's so mm-hmm. much more than that. Our style, I like that you said a style story, but you know, the biggest part of 10 things to tell you is sort of digging deeper and a lot of these things start when we're young and they are really deeply seated in us. Like we decided that we weren't fashionable or we decided something about our body couldn't wear a certain type of clothes or style, or we decided because someone told us that we weren't pretty or creative or like, you know, couldn't express ourselves with our clothes or we we hid behind them or all these other, all these millions of things a lot of us have that we learned at some point along the way. And So I'm so glad that you shared that story because I grew up in a really, really small town before the internet in Oklahoma, and I was really like interested in style magazines and things like that and TV shows with like, I don't know, pretty people or something, but I did not have a lot of resources. Like, you know, I I just didn't have a lot of ways to figure out where to buy those clothes. Also, I was a child. Also, the only store in town was like a Walmart. 
nothing wrong with that, but I just didn't have a lot of resources for figuring out like a interesting style. I wasn't surrounded by people in my small town that had an interesting style. A lot of the kids my age or the moms or, you know, dressed very similarly. So I, I had very few examples of someone with like a really extravagant style, which I have turned out to have a very bold style when I was older. Then I went to college and I went to University of Oklahoma with a bunch of city girls, right? So mm. there was like all these Dallas girls and Tulsa girls, and they had the best style because they had the stores for that or they had the examples of that. And I was so jealous. And also, here's the key of this part of my story. I felt really inadequate. Like mm. I felt decades behind what they seemed to know about like how to dress themselves, what brands were trendy. I just was like, I don't, I'm never going to learn this. Like I'm 20 years behind. And then when I moved to Los Angeles, a lot of that changed. One of the very best things about Los Angeles, even though of course it has a reputation for being a stylish city and all of that, but it, there's so much of everything here. Like there are so many different types of styles. There are so many people who can make something very inexpensive look stylish or people who have on the most designery things that I don't like the way that looks like that. I just got a huge education when I moved to Los Angeles and I let my, I feel like I let all of those style wishes that I'd had kind of come out. And now that's been 20 years and I feel a lot more sort of settled in myself, even though I just described at the top of the show that I didn't, but like in a big picture way, living in LA has been wonderful for my personal style. But all of this to say, your story and mine, that we all have these things. And like, if you're listening to an episode like this, because you also feel a little bit lost in your closet, or you also have some like deep-seated feelings about style and clothes and how you express yourself in, in the world, then, you know, it's worth a, a journal session or a conversation with a friend to kind of unpack some of these style stories. I'm going to keep using that phrase because I love it so much. I love that. Yes, yes, totally. I think that it's so I, I think it's a question worth asking, you know, any of your friends, it may not be something that you know about them. Honestly, I don't think I've ever shared that story before. So thank you for asking me that question. And that's an important way just to get to know someone. I grew up in a very small town too, 200 people. I had 80 Ooh. people in my graduating class in high school. The closest mall was 45 minutes away. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like we had that luxury of, of exploring like we do now. Yeah. Okay, so that's a great place for anyone to start who's listening. But I do want to walk through some of the very solid takeaways that you are sharing because I think that I need them, basically. <laughs> okay, so number one for your 10 tips for building a functional wardrobe, your number one tip is stop shopping. But wait, what? Because I thought we were here to learn about how we were supposed to build a base. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this confuses everybody, trust me. And I think a more appropriate way for me to put this is to pause shopping. So this is just a temporary thing that I ask women to do because most of us really have that closet full of clothes and nothing to wear. And we think, 
if I just go out and add this new blouse or top or sweater, or this new pair of shoes, then that's going to answer all of my wardrobe woes. And, and this is going to be like the next thing that's going to complete my wardrobe. When in reality, you know, we just need to take a step back and, and I'm not anti-shopping at all. Trust me, like the Amazon truck is at my house constantly. I, I love buying new things and I love having new things in my wardrobe, but really this is just about taking that breather, taking that pause and, you know, knowing that the next thing you buy is just a quick fashion fix. You know, if you buy this top or these shoes that you're finally going to be happy with your style. And, and while the thrill of that new purchase can be exhilarating, we all know about the dopamine hits that come from buying the new things. Sometimes they just end up gathering dust in our closets because we're not wearing them. I prefer to take a more intentional approach to this and really just think through what do I need to fill in the gaps in my wardrobe? You told the story about, you know, your daughter noticing that you were picking up something that you already had multiples of. I used to do this all the time. I had 15 black and white striped shirts in my closet at one point in my life because I never just stepped back to take that inventory and say, oh gosh, I don't need another black and white striped shirt. I was just buying what appealed to me. And we tend to have this bias toward things that we already own and we keep buying the multiples of those things. So Throughout this journey, I have used the grocery shopping analogy for my closet. It's really, you know, our closets are like meal planning, right? We need to take an inventory of what we have, like check your pantry, check your fridge before you go to the store, do some meal planning in advance, because that's what's going to help you create recipes and meals when you get home. And clothes shopping is no different. If you don't know what you have then you're obviously not going to know what you need when you walk into the store. So just take a pause in your shopping temporarily, and then you'll know and you'll be armed with the information that you need to actually go out and buy the things that are going to fill in the gaps in your wardrobe and are going to create you know, that functional wardrobe that you love. Okay, two things. One is I have fully been guilty of being like, these shoes or this purse is going to change my whole life. <laughs> like... I've, I have definitely fallen for that trap. Number two, do you have like a literal list? Like, is it on your phone? Like, are you like, here are the jeans I have? I mean, I'm actually asking because I have tried to do this a little bit to not spontaneously shop. Now, for me, it was more about just spending money. Like, I was like, I'm not just going to like rando buy something unless I have an occasion that I feel like I want to wear it to or something like that. And that has been helpful for me. But it's also been like, oh, I don't have this thing that I need. So like if I want to wear, this is a weird example, but I think you'll get it. Like a cute pair of leather shorts that I bought this winter, but I need to wear tights with them because it's winter, but I don't own tights and I need to leave the house in an hour and a half <laughs> or whatever. So then I, I have not screwed myself because I, you know, I will adjust, but it's just like, I guess I'm trying to ask the logistics of this. If you truly have like a list on your phone or, or and maybe it's both, are you planning this outfit more than an hour and a half before you're supposed to leave the house? <laughs> Sometimes, no. I, I can tell you like over the holidays, especially I was in those situations like, oh, okay, I need this additional thing for this to be a complete look, right? Um, but I do keep a list on my phone. Actually, I, I have one right here on my phone today where I add things in because I like to curate my closet over time. If I recognize something that I need, I immediately go and add it into the notes on my phone so that when I am out shopping and then I can just like 
I know immediately that I need to go and look for this thing, whether it's like the pair of tights and I'm in Target and I run over to that section and grab a pair of tights or whatever it may be. But that helps me to be really just more intentional and it also helps to plan things too. So absolutely, I am a big proponent for keeping a list on your phone. That's the easiest thing. You're going to have it with you all the time and it's going to be top of mind. So the next time you're out shopping, instead of buying that multiple, like for me, the additional striped shirt, I can take that money and put it towards something that I'm actually going to need that is going to fill in that gap in my wardrobe. Yeah, for me right now, because it's winter, it's layering pieces. So in Los Angeles, it doesn't get cold enough for coats very often, but you do need to layer, you know what I mean? And so I've had my eye on some of these skims layering pieces, but I haven't pulled the trigger on any of them yet because I'm like, well, I don't know. Do I need a black one? Do I need a white one? Do I need a short sleeve one? (laughs) If I maybe had a list or had something that I knew was going to go over it, so then that would help me make the choice. Again, this goes back to planning, like you were saying, then that would be helpful for me next time I was at the mall. Definitely. And if you're looking for skims, think about the colors that you wear most frequently. So if you need like, I'm always, I love black, like a black layering piece you can wear with anything. I love just all black, the simplicity of it, and then adding in some accessories and some things to kind of like jazz up that look. But yeah, my my daughters had skims on their shopping list for Christmas, so I can. I mean, I, didn't we were, all? There were maybe not. Yes. <laughs> there are so many deodorant brands and products out there that it can take a lot of work to keep them all straight. But have you ever wondered if there could be one deodorant product for your whole body? Say hello to Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. My favorite part about Lumi deodorant is that it's baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. And unlike other deodorants that try to mask odor with a fragrance, Lumi is formulated with mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. It's more of a pre-odorant, if you will. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code TELL at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, dot com and use code TELL, T-E-L-L. Now back to the show. Whether you are in a super busy season of life or don't want to make multiple weekly trips to the grocery store or just want to change up your meal routine, there is no better time to try Factor. I'm excited to partner with Factor this year because no one likes not having to cook dinner every night more than I do. Factor is a ready-to-eat meal delivery service that makes eating better every day easy. Each meal is cooked fresh and is never frozen, with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto, and more. Each Factor meal is pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved There are 35 different options to choose from every week, plus an additional 60 add-ons to fill you up in between meals as well. All you have to do is heat your meal in the microwave for two minutes and then enjoy restaurant quality food. Heat and eat, and that's it. These meals come right to your door, and you can also pause or reschedule your delivery anytime. There is no prep, no cooking, and no cleanup. What more can I ask for? 
Head to Factormeals.com slash TELL50 and use code TELL50 to get 50% off. That's code TELL50, T-E-L-L, then the numbers 50, at Factor, F-A-C-T-O-R, meals, M-E-A-L-S, dot com slash TELL50 to get 50% off. Okay, your number two tip for building your wardrobe is start with a closet clean out. Now, this seems like it kind of also goes with number one on stopping shopping for the moment. It really does. You know, these two go hand in hand. And this is kind of a controversial one. It's funny because I posted something on Instagram recently and it kind of blew up about talking about cleaning out your closet. And this really triggered a lot of people. And I understand that it is a lot of work, number one. And we want to defend all of the things that we have in our closets and we want to keep and hold on to things. But the fact of the matter is that we only wear about 20% of the clothes in our closet 80% of the time. So the other 80% that is in there is really just adding to decision fatigue. When you walk into your closet in the morning and you see all of these choices at once, you get overwhelmed. And it's hard to see, you know, this stuff is off season or this stuff is out of style or this stuff doesn't fit me. It's just all kind of coming at you at once. So by taking out the 80% that you're not wearing, you're really just giving yourself the gift of seeing what you actually have, what you're actually wearing. And this also puts you in a position where you can say, these are the things that I need to add. So if you, you know, clean out your closet and you realize you only have two pairs of jeans that you love or that fit you well, then that's probably an area that you're going to need to add some new washes or styles of denim. If, you know, your basics, your layering pieces, like you were saying, your skims and things like that, if you realize that you're light on those types of things, or those are really items too that wear out over time. You, you may only get a couple of years wear out of those or a year or so, and you want to replace them periodically. So this is another opportunity for you to see what items that you're going to need to replace But the whole point of this is that once you do have that clean closet and you can actually see what you have and wear, then it's so much easier to identify the gaps in your wardrobe. It's hard to do that when everything's in there and it's just a lot of clutter. Again, it's just overwhelming and all about simplifying things and just seeing what you have. As I go through this process, I, I kind of, I kind of go through this twice a year. I did one big clean out years ago. It's funny when I first started blogging, all of my readers would say to me, Allison, show us your closet, show us your closet. And I had the biggest closet shame. (laughs) My closet was so bad. Like it was stacked up to the ceiling. We had everything in there from like sheet sets that went on toddler beds to shoe boxes, you name it. So I asked my husband one day, I'm like, I just need to clean this closet out. Can you please help me? So what we did was we took everything out of the closet. I didn't want to do that, but he's like, he's somebody that goes all in when I ask for help with something. So he took everything out of that closet. And then we went through it piece by piece. We made three separate boxes. One of them was called cash, which was anything that could be sold or donated that we weren't using anymore. The second box was called stash, which was the stuff that I wasn't quite sure about, but I wasn't ready to get rid of yet. And then that third box was trash. And that was the things that he ended up taking out to the garage, like, you know, stained items or things with holes in them, whatever that can't be repurposed. And then from that point, anything that was left over were the things that I was actually wearing. And I put those back in the closet. And when I first did this, I 
I think I remember standing in my closet crying because <laughs> I was like, I have no clothes. And then as I was thinking about this, I thought, no, I, these are the clothes that I'm wearing. This is it. Like, this is the only stuff that I'm wearing. And this is giving me that springboard for creating that list on my phone to be able to curate the pieces that will, you know, round out my functional wardrobe over time. So this is really honestly a very emotional process. A lot of us hold on to things for various reasons and we have to just kind of let go of that baggage and get really honest with ourselves about the things that we're holding on to and the emotional reasons why we have those things in our closets. And I'm not saying you have to get rid of everything. You can box it up. You can put it somewhere else, just out of sight, out of mind, but get it out of your closet so that you can see what you truly have and need. Well, yeah, I was going to say that a closet clean out is not the same as like a garage clean out or something. Like when you have a big task that like is just daunting and it's going to take you forever and it's going to be a mess before it's clean again. Like there are spaces in my house like that, that I just procrastinate doing a clean out of. But a closet clean out is so emotional. I mean, I have things in my closet that I have sentimental value to, that I feel shame around because it is too small, too big. i spent too much money on it, like all kinds of weird closet shame. Like it's a much harder task than cleaning out your kitchen or something because you encounter these emotions and then you're like, oh, then you just walk away or something, you know, and then it's halfway through and it's messy and there, it just is more than cleaning out almost any other space. I was kind of forced to do this when we moved houses two years ago. So obviously moving houses is a chance to declutter and and donate and go through some of these things. And I ended up separating a lot of clothes out that sort of what you were calling stash, which were mostly either sentimental or I just wasn't quite ready to make a decision about them for whatever reason. And I just had one drawer because my new closet luckily had a lot of storage, which was a change from my previous closet. So I just have one drawer. It's still there two years later. I just have one drawer that's just sort of like, I don't know, but I can't can't get rid of it, but I don't want it, you know, in my main choices, like on display or whatever, but I'm not ready to part with it. It totally makes sense. I think we all struggle with that. I usually put mine in boxes and then tape them up and I'll write on the outside what they are and what the date was that I did it. And then I realize if like six months or a year later, I haven't gone back into that box. I don't even allow myself to reopen it because I know I'm going to start pulling stuff out. I'm like, you know what, Allison? You didn't wear it. It's going to go. Just take it to donation. (laughs) I will say this. Also, when we moved, I had stored when my kids were babies, after they moved out of the baby phase, I had a sentimental baby bin like in my basement or whatever that had all these onesies and cute things that I had felt really attached to with my babies that I didn't want to donate. I'd had all that. Well, when we moved and I forced myself to go through that bin of probably, you know, I have two kids. So of, I don't know, let's say 20 onesies, I felt sentimental attachment years later to maybe two of them. So I kept a couple with some baby blankets and things and then could donate the rest. So like If you're able to do this, if you're not able to donate it right away and you want to do this kind of intermediary step, years later, you are going to feel differently about it. 
Even even the most sentimental things to you, like baby onesies. You'll be like, well, I don't remember why I kept that. Did I love that onesie? Who knows? <laughs> you know, at the time, enough years had passed that I was able to part with it. I guess the key is then, you know, you can't store it forever, like indefinitely, maybe go through it at some point. But yeah, okay, I love that. That was start with a closet clean out. Okay, number three, shop with a list. Okay, we talked about this a little bit, but I want to hear your further thoughts on it. Yes, yes. And this really goes back to the grocery shopping analogy again. You know, it's like when you stop, when you go into the store hungry, you're going to buy all the things, you're going to bring them home. They may or may not work with other things that you already have. You may not be able to create meals from those. And, you know, really shopping with a list helps you to shop with a purpose, right? It's more about that intentionality around shopping. And again, I think that this goes back to cutting down on that overwhelm. One of my biggest shopping obstacles back before I started doing all of this was I would walk into the store and just feel so completely overwhelmed. And I would walk around and look through the racks or see things on the mannequins and, you know, something would appeal to me and I would bring it home. And then I would realize like, this doesn't really go with anything that I have in my closet or, you know, I can't pair it up in multiple different ways. So shopping with a list has just honestly been such a game changer for me. I taught my kids to do this when they were little, like when we would go Shopping for back to school, for instance, I would help them do a closet inventory. We would go through the things that they needed. We would make a list of those things. And now I see that they still shop in that way where, you know, they're they're just so much more intentional about it than I ever was at that age. But it's it just helps to know, again, what those gaps are and to stick to that list. And I'm not saying you can't have fun and buy things that appeal to you. I mean, we all do that, like those impulse purchases sometimes a pair of shoes can be life-changing. <laughs> I totally get that. Right? And you should yeah. absolutely go for that. And and we did that with our kids too. I'm like, hey, you make your list of the things that you absolutely need. And then we're going to be able to go buy the fun things too, right? So it just gives you kind of that map, that guidance of walking into a store, even going online. I, I do almost all of my shopping online these days, I'm being totally honest. Uh, but that helps to just guide that, that decision that much better. And, it, you know, if... I got rid of several t-shirts just this past fall whenever I did my closet clean out. I do it twice a year now. I don't I don't do it every single quarter, but I try to at least hit it twice a year. And I realized that I did need a lot of new layering pieces. So I just went ahead, put those on my shopping list, you know, next time I'm out or next time I go online, then I know exactly what I I need to get and I'm able to put together outfits better that way too. So, shopping with a list is invaluable. It's interesting that you're analogies are so close to meal planning because I'm also terrible at meal planning. And I am also guilty of being in the store and being like, oh, this cut of meat is fantastic. Like, or it's on sale or whatever. And so I buy it and then I get home, but I don't have anything else. I don't have sides. I don't have a salad. I don't like literally have nothing else. I'm just like, well, here's the meat. This is all we have, you guys. (laughs) I've totally been guilty of that when there are people like my mom, for example, it does not matter what is in our fridge and pantry. My mom can put together the best meal just by like looking at what is available to her and because she's naturally talented at it. But I am not. And this is not like a moral judgment or a moral question. Like it's just she has this natural gift. I do not. Same with shopping. We all know those people who can just like put together, you know, something amazing from what seems like nothing to us because they just have this sort of innate stylish bone. But if you don't have that, it doesn't mean that you can't be a good dresser or be a good cook. Like you can just plan for a way that makes it work for you. 
better. But instead, we get into these like shame spirals where we get down on ourselves and be like, well, I can never look cute or I'm only serving you meat. So sorry. <laughs> I, I love this analogy. And I'm glad that you said that because this piece of meat could honestly be really anything that you just went out to the store and impulse bought, right? But when you bring that home, you know, one of my favorite things to do is if I have a new item and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to pair it up, like Pinterest is a great place to go. And you can do that with meal planning too. Like, hey, I got this great piece of meat. Now I'm going to go see what can I pair this up with? What can I search online? And I think that this also, you know, you you touched on this with your mom has a lot to do with what you already have. So she already has a lot of good pantry staples and she probably has a good variety of like those fresh food items in her refrigerator. I look at pantry staples as kind of like closet staples. So those are your basics that you're always going to have in your closet year after year, season after season that you keep going back to. Your refrigerated items are going to be more like your fresh trends that you're adding in each season. So when you have that right mix of those things, then you can bring home the piece of meat and you can create something out of that because you do have those, you know, staples that everybody relies on. And you also have a few new fun seasonal trends that you can add into the mix too. So if you do that, know that there are resources out there. You know, you can search for recipes in outfit ideas on Pinterest and find new ways to pair up the items that you have. Yeah. I love that so much. Okay. Number four, I really am curious about what you're going to say about this. Number four is dress you appropriate, not age appropriate. Please tell me the 40 something, what I need to know here. Yes. I get beat up about this a lot. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Wait, what do you mean? uh, Just on social media, I, I believe in dressing you appropriate. You know, one of the biggest questions I get asked all the time is I'm over 40. Is this item appropriate for me anymore? Like insert item here, ripped jeans, leather pants, whatever the case may be. And my response is always the same. Like forget about what's age appropriate and focus on what's you appropriate. Because I firmly believe that you are not too old or too young to wear anything that makes you feel good. And that's not always a popular opinion. So I just believe that like style is a judgment-free zone, right? We should be able to wear what makes us feel good. And having those judgments come through from anybody, you know, other women who are saying, oh gosh, this is totally wrong. You shouldn't be encouraging women to wear crop tops or ripped jeans or short skirts or whatever they feel is inappropriate. Like, yes. (laughs) And, And I just subscribe to a different theory. Honestly, I don't, I don't think that we have to have any hard and fast rules about it. I think there are questions that you can ask yourself. Certainly like, does this outfit boost my confidence? Does it make me feel more stylish? Because really confidence is key. And if you feel like a million bucks when you put it on, then whose business is it to question you about that, right? Ask yourself, does this, you know, fit my body and and make, again, does it make me feel good? De- dressing stylishly doesn't mean dressing uncomfortably. You don't have to squeeze into something because it's trendy or, you know, wear something that's super baggy because it feels safer. I have a different philosophy around that. And I, I don't think that we should be judging each other for anything, but in particular, the clothes that we wear and whether or not somebody else deems it age appropriate for you. I mean, I am with you. I cannot imagine that people would say that on your social media that we shouldn't be encouraging people to wear, I don't know, mini skirts or crop tops or something. Like, I think that they have their own issues or insecurities that would make them 
mm-hmm. say that because when I see a woman like just rocking it, I am applauding. Like sometimes literally, sometimes just internally. Now, I know I made an Urban Outfitters joke earlier. That was about like that was no longer my style, not that is inappropriate. Like I just feel like that comes from the patriarchy, frankly, that comes from culture teaching us you know, we should be more covered or something as we age. Like this is every sentiment about women being inappropriately dressed feels like it's just another way to keep people small, keep people down, keep them like not confident, not celebrating like their beauty. I mean, you can have a taste difference in the way that someone is dressed to be like, I don't want to wear that thing. Or I don't even like the way that thing looks. But the shame of like calling it sort of inappropriate or trying to make someone feel bad about their choice in that way, I'm against. I'm against all of that. So I'm with you. 1000%. And uh, yes, you're right. I have to look at it from the perspective that it is it is something that is triggering them in, in a certain way. And I am all about celebrating that beauty too. And if something's not for me, then I just keep scrolling. You know, it's, it's easy. It's so easy to do. Yeah. God, that annoys me. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Number five is a message I know that I need to hear. Number five, stop waiting. Yes. Stop waiting. I think that doing this in the past for the past 10 years, one of the things that I hear from women so frequently, and, and honestly, this is something that I've had to take to heart just within the past year as I'm as I'm going through menopause and I'm dealing with body changes is that you deserve to dress the body you have now. And so many of us are waiting for this future thing to happen or we're keeping different sizes in our closet or you know we think that we're not worthy of investing in our wardrobes at this point in our lives and it may not even be about our bodies. Sometimes it's about well, I've got young kids at home and I'm investing in their wardrobes. And and as a mom, I understand that, like, I want my kids to look cute. You know, I, I want to make sure that they have the things that they need. But this is really just about honoring where we're at right now and and believing that we're worthy of having a wardrobe that, that makes us feel confident, honestly. It was, I you know, again, like going through menopausal changes, it's been really weird in seeing how my clothes fit differently and just acknowledging that and and knowing that, it's time to go buy new jeans and that's okay. And once I bought the new jeans, they felt amazing when I put them on and just getting past those 
kind of limiting beliefs in our mindset that we don't deserve to dress ourselves where we are right now. And I just want every woman to know, like, you have permission to do that. Even if you only have a little bit of money to take out of your budget weekly, like you have permission to do the things that make you feel good. Yeah, it's so true. I can be guilty of this too. I can be like, well, I'm going to wait until this different season. I'm going to wait until, I don't know, something happens that makes me feel worthy of it. Like I can definitely be this way. I can also sometimes like reward myself with shopping, which there's not, that's not always wrong by the way, but it can in some ways like tip into a, a weird, unhealthy relationship with shopping and spending. So there's just like a lot here that makes us think we're not worthy, like you said. But what I like about your message of stop waiting is, I can't remember if I said this on our first episode together or not, but when I was very young, actually, well, when I was going to college, like from between high school and college, my mom keep bringing up my mom, which is so funny. But I do think our moms actually have a big role in whatever style choices we made, whether we like wanted to emulate our mom or where we we are acting in contrast to the way our mom dressed or whatever. I, I do think sometimes our moms can, can be a part of our style story. Mm-hmm. But my mom taught me in this transition between high school and college that if I felt like I looked cute, I would act cute. Now, I know the word cute is like a little bit diminutive, but like she felt like if I felt confident in my outfit, like if I felt like I looked cute, that I would carry myself more confidently or that I would walk into the room sort of feeling myself. And that is attractive and setting yourself up for success. Or another thing, this is more her personality than mine. If I feel confident in my looks, then I can just like not think about them anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like if I feel confident in my outfit, I can just like take that off my plate and move through the rest of my day and not be like Mm -hmm. (laughs) spinning out about it. And that was such an important lesson to me when I was younger. And I know a lot of people say like dress for the day you want to have or like putting on an outfit, even if you're working from home, like just don't stay in your sweats or whatever. And I have days where I totally do both. But that lesson has really stuck with me. If you feel like you look good, you're going to act good. Again, good is a weird word here, but you know what I mean? Like you, the way that you feel about yourself is, is how you're going to carry yourself. And if you feel very insecure or weird in your clothes, you're going to act kind of insecure and weird. I've done it. I mean, we've all done it. It's so true. You know, you're just it's like, so oh my true. God, I'm like tugging at my dress because it doesn't fit right. And like, and I just feel like everybody notices it doesn't fit right. And I just act like a total weirdo. Whereas when I... I'm like, no, like I like love this outfit, then I carry myself like a person who loves the way they look. And it's a totally different energy and a better one. It's a better energy for us to walk through our day like that. It's it's so true. Your mom was really on to something. I I could geek out on this conversation like for an entire episode, honestly, because I've done there's a mountain of research out there that supports this because I wanted to let women know that. Focusing on your appearance and the way that you dress is not vain or shallow. There is like really good psychological benefits behind this. And really the way that we dress affects the way that we show up in the world, which also affects the way that we impact anyone in our sphere of influence, including our kids and everyone around us. So I love that. I love that she taught you that lesson at an early age and that it's such a, it's, it's a tangible way and it's such a small 
in the whole scheme of things, it's a small thing to do to put on an outfit that makes you feel great, that can have such an, an enormous impact on the way that you show up in the world. So, oh, a thousand percent. Yes, yes, yes. Such a good lesson that she taught me. Number six, you don't have to spend a lot to feel stylish. Okay, I'm glad you're saying this because threaded through this whole conversation is money. I mean, frankly. And that's awkward. Like people, I feel like sometimes don't want to talk about that part of it, even though I sometimes see this coming up in the comments of like style influencers and things like that. But in sort of our real life conversations, this money piece that is sort of threaded through all of this is is sometimes like very awkward and as hard to face as a closet full of things you don't wear. It really is. Yes. Yes. I think that there's this misconception that we have to spend a lot of money or we need the designers or the brand names or things like that in order to feel stylish. And that's, it's just not the case. You know, I love to mix high and low. Like I'm wearing a $30 Amazon sweater today with a $250 pair of mother jeans from Nordstrom. It's like, you can find that balance in there. But I also see women just in my own community who do all of their shopping in thrift stores and find amazing things, or they do just like these really cool vintage finds. And, and I think that we just need to view this through the lens of you don't have to have all expensive clothes. I'm all about an investment piece. I think that you can get a lot more on a cost per wear basis out of getting something that is going to stay on the test of time. But we're talking quality here. We're not talking about name, brand, or designer. I'm talking about just really well-made quality items that fit you well. Fit is super important too. And that's why I buy the more expensive jeans because this is a brand that I know that fits me really, really well. And I'm going to want to wear those all the time, which is ultimately going to give me that cost per wear basis payout. (laughs) But getting past that obstacle, that hurdle of thinking that this is going to be really be expensive. If you don't have the budget for the high-end brands, then just know that that's more than okay. You know, you can be just a stylist shopping at the discount stores or even from your own closet. (laughs) Honestly, there's most of us have more in our closets to wear than we even realize. It's just about going in there with a little bit of imagination and pairing things up in different ways. Or again, going to Pinterest to see different ways to pair up the things that you already own. But you can mix and match. You can layer items. You can accessorize your pieces. At the end of the day, style is personal and it should make you feel good. It shouldn't make you feel broke. So shop within your own budget and know that that's okay. Yeah, I love that. And these days you know, and I like style, I can't even tell in, in casual or daily wear, you can't even tell a Target shirt from a Neiman Marcus shirt. Like a lot of times there's so much out there for, it, you know, for like non-tailored, non-specific high-end things, the things that all of us are wearing every day. There's so much available and it's, it, I just think it's different than it used to be of how you can even necessarily tell. And so- I always pay attention to quality. I do care about that. I care about cost per wear, like you said. But I I mix I mix a lot of high and low. Some of my favorite pieces in my closet are from big box stores or like Target and stuff. So yes. Number seven. Oh, I love this. Number seven. Style is a skill. Yes, it is. When I realized this, my mind was completely blown. I thought you either had to be born stylish 
or you just were never going to get it. So I think the beauty of getting older is that we do have that opportunity to go back and again, explore that time when you were a teenager and you were experimenting with style and hair and makeup and all the things you don't have to be born with that natural sense of style. You can absolutely hone this over time. And it's really about how willing are you to experiment around with it? How much time do you want to invest into discovering your personal style? And if, if you don't know where to start, I keep mentioning Pinterest, but it's such a treasure trove for figuring things like this out. One of the first things that I did was I went to Pinterest and I did a search for outfits. And this this search can be as broad as you want it to be or can be super narrow. You could search women's outfits, you know, if, if you wanted it to be a broad search or you could be super specific, like casual soccer mom outfits to wear on weekends or something like that. And just see what comes back in that search. And as you go through this, trust your guts. And pin about 20 to 30 outfits that just instantly kind of strike you. They don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be something you're like, oh my gosh, like I totally love this. But if something appeals to you about this outfit, then just pin it and don't overthink it. And once you get about 20 to 30 outfits, then sit down with your pin board and start looking for commonalities in the pieces that you've pinned or the outfits that you've pinned. Maybe you find that you're drawn to really bright colors and patterns. You might see that you're a complete minimalist, that you like just really simple plain style. You may find that you love lots of accessories, but this is going to give you some clues about your style, or you may discover that you are completely eclectic and it's all over the place, which also is an important clue about your style. But this is really going to just help you to identify those elements and those aesthetics that might be part of your own personal style. And it's also going to allow you to look at your closet through a fresh set of eyes. So instead of feeling overwhelmed by what you have in there, you can see the closet as basically your canvas for creating new outfits. I started to experiment with creating different combinations of the items that I already own just based on the outfit combinations that I found on Pinterest and realized that I had way more to wear in there than I even you know, could have dreamed because I was just pairing things up in the same ways over and over again and not really just taking that time to mix and match them in other ways. But as I continued to explore and refine and practice, then my confidence started to grow. And I started to understand that, you know, there are certain things that just worked well for me to create cohesive looks that I really loved and felt comfortable in. And the beauty of this is that any woman can do this. And that it is, again, it is never too late. I have women in their 60s, 70s who are coming to me and saying, I'm just delving into this for the first time in my life and I'm having so much fun with it. And that's just, it's super encouraging. It's, it's something that you should never give up on if it's important to you. Oh, I love thinking about it as a skill that you can hone. You know, I did this episode back last summer, summer 2023, that I called How to Find Your Signature Style. I loved that one. <laughs> now, I did that episode basically preaching to myself. <laughs> like I was, and I, I have had a signature style or, or had pieces of a signature style almost my whole entire life. But I was also trying to make some things cohesive. I was trying to figure out some things for myself. So I I created that episode. And one of the things that I talked about then that I have been practicing myself uh, before then and now is noticing when you see someone out and about, when you're out in the world, and you see someone and you really like the way that they look or dra- are dressed, like trying to figure out what it is you like about it. Is it actually the literal sweater she has on or is it about the combo? Is it about the colors? Is it about 
the way that she sort of carries herself, I, and what sort of figuring it out. One of the patterns that has come up for me, because I, I do this, I was in the airport as I was traveling this past weekend, and I'm like really noticing people's travel style. So I'm like trying to figure out what is it that I like about this. And a pattern for me that was, again, this is another sort of a light bulb moment, because it's a little different than what we're talking about, but it all goes to the same thing, is that I when I notice a woman and I think she looks really great, she almost always has like her her hair and makeup done. <laughs> and I, mm. I don't mean done professionally. I just mean like she has like curled her hair. She's put a little makeup on, like probably just her daily look. I don't know. But I notice that. And I notice that in myself, because we keep referencing working from home, which I do, I, I might put on a cuter shirt or sweater or something, but like I mean, it's a whole other step to like do my hair and makeup. (laughs) But what I have noticed as a pattern when I'm like, oh, I don't necessarily even care about these person's clothes, even though I know we're talking about clothes, but like, I'll be like, I like someone who looks like, not like I like someone, like I'm putting a judgment on them. I'm attracted to that because she, you know, she looks like she puts some effort in, which is a a reflection to myself, by the way. These are always reflections to ourselves of me being like, I I think I would feel better if I put a little effort in. Anyway, that's sort of a side tangent, but I did notice it about myself uh, when I was noticing, what do I like about this person? And then I was like, I don't know, she just has on a beige sweater and some great jeans. I own beige sweaters and great jeans, but what I like about the whole sitch is that it looks intentional. Maybe that's a better word, intentional. I like that. I love that you do that. That's so smart. Yeah. We can pick up clues in our environments around us of all of the things that appeal to us and you know, what you see in others is typically something, and, and this is this is a great thing, like you see attributes that you see in yourself too. So I, I love that. Yeah, I love it. Okay, number eight, start small. Yes, this is so important because it can be so overwhelming. And if you kind of are at a place in your closet where you need to rebuild a lot or you know you're starting from a transition phase in your life and it just feels like a monumental task so you don't end up doing anything at all really you know the only way to eat the elephant is one bite at a time right so i like to borrow this from a, a lazy genius philosophy of really just defining what matters most to you and i see women get caught up in trying to do 100% perfectly the first time with their wardrobe they go out and buy a bunch of stuff right at the beginning and you have to really just kind of focus more on two to three things. Otherwise, you're going to get paralyzed by that perfectionism before you even start. So some of the things that could matter to you, we've touched on a lot, is cost and your budget and curating a wardrobe with budget-friendly options. Another one could be convenience. Maybe you don't have a shopping mall right down the street or you don't have a lot of options that you know that you can go to. So finding convenient retailers or things that are close by is is something that is important to you. You could look at things like your color season. I know that a lot of women are really focused on what colors flatter them most. And, and that could be something that's super important to you or body shape. Maybe you only want to curate pieces in your wardrobe that really flatter your particular body shape. Sustainability is another one that I see, you know, really supporting those retailers that are mindful of social, environmental, and economic factors. Style is another one. Like, do I want to make sure all of these pieces check the boxes of my personal style vibe. 
Um, climate is huge. I hear this one all the time and living in Texas, I totally get it, but you really have to curate a wardrobe that works for the climate that you live in. And lifestyle is also a really important one, you know, curating that wardrobe that is going to serve your daily needs and your schedule. So pay attention to what those priorities are and, you know, really strongly consider that whenever you're making your decisions. Again, you don't have to get every single one of these things perfect right out of the gate, but pick the two to three things that are going to matter most to you and focus your wardrobe building around those things. And sometimes you might find that you have competing priorities in there. Like maybe cost is one priority and sustainability is also high on your list. In that case, you're going to have to make somewhat of a compromise and just buy one to two of those really good quality, sustainable items because they tend to be a little bit more expensive, you know, instead of going out and buying a whole new wardrobe of fast fashion items. So really just trying to do that entire list of priorities perfectly with every single garment you look at, like real talk, I've been doing this for 10 years and I would totally struggle with that. So it's just not realistic. So start small, choose the things that matter most to you, focus on those and keep in mind that not every item is going to check every box. And that's perfectly okay. Yeah, all of those things that you named, which is, you know, often important to us at different times in our lives or or whatever's going on with us, like cost and sustainability and, you know, fit, flattering, all these things. But this goes back to a word that we keep using a lot, which is overwhelm. So we've talked about how there's overwhelm when we look at our closets that are full of things. We talk about overwhelm when we walk into stores and there's too many choices like this keeps coming up on this topic and this is one of them too overwhelm in whatever our priorities may or not may or or may not be sometimes they're competing or sometimes just like trying to have a priority at all is overwhelming and i am noticing as we're having this conversation this is why we shut down there are so many angles of this for why we just shut down and don't do any of it We just throw our hands in the air and just buy whatever or wear whatever or give up the ghost, you know, whatever, because there are so many ways in which this can overwhelm us and make us feel like I can't deal with this right now. I can't think about this. I have too much going on. But then for me, as I've been talking about my my 40s style journey, as often as I throw my hands up and be like, I cannot deal with this. This is not something I can think about right now. But then I get to a time, an event or something where I want to look my best self or whatever. And because I haven't dealt with it, I I don't look my best self or I am unhappy. And then the cycle continues. So admitting now a lot of a lot of this topic can be overwhelming either emotionally or logistically or both. But I do think we will feel better if we actually deal with it. And then when it comes time when we want to feel cute or look our best, then we've taken care of ourselves in that way, you know? Yes, it's so true. It's a problem that doesn't go away. So kind of just like dealing with it in the moment And also that gives you the ability to curate over time. It's not something that has to happen overnight. I've found in my experience with, you know, the women who participate in Outfit Formulas that it takes them a year to really just get Mm -hmm. that good core of basics in place. And for some women, that alone might feel overwhelming where they're like, oh my gosh, you're telling me like, this is going to take a full year to do this, but they don't understand in that year that 
these are just baby steps that you're taking in the right direction. And this is the key to having that functional wardrobe that is really going to work with you over the long haul. And it's totally worth it to invest that time and energy and money into that, because then you will be able to walk into your closet and not feel overwhelmed because you're going to know I have outfits that I can put together like that for any occasion. And that over the long term, it's like that investment of time and money in everything is going to pay off dividends for years to come after that. Yeah, totally. One decision can make a hundred other decisions in yes. this topic. So like if you if you really decide what your color palette is that is flattering to you or that you love, well, that eliminates a bunch of other colors. And so that helps. If you really have a store or a fabric or a brand or something that knocks it out of the park for you every time, then that helps in the decision making. So if you just invest a little bit of time in this front end, like we're saying, it 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 won't it won't be that way every year. Do you, know what I mean? you don't have to, you don't have to yes. do it every year, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Number nine, let go of perfection. Yes. Yes. Another one that we really just have to remind ourselves constantly, right? It's about that progress over perfection. And if you choose your priorities and you still get it wrong, then this is really time for a perspective shift because you didn't really get anything wrong. You know, you learned something new about yourself. You learned maybe what didn't work for you, which is just as important as learning what did work for you. There are no mistakes. There are just opportunities for us to learn and discovering your style is going to be an ongoing journey. It's not a destination. I still try new things. I'm still trying to figure things out. I still feel like my style evolves. I think this is something as we get older, like every few years, we may want to do our check-in with ourselves because things just don't feel as authentic to who we are in this current phase of life. And that's okay. It's also okay to get it wrong. There are no fashion police out there. Not every outfit's going to be a winner. Nobody's going to come, you know, knocking on your door telling you that you can't wear that or whatever. But the most important thing is that you are trying something. Experiment, you know, iterate over time and find what works for you. This, this whole thing is supposed to be fun, right? It's not meant to be all that serious. And the good news is tomorrow is a new day, a new clean slate, and you can try a new outfit <laughs> anytime you want. That is like a theme that we should all embrace in all areas of our life to just let go of perfection, try, notice what works and what doesn't, and then move forward. Like if we could all, if it could be that simple, we would would all be better at it. (laughs) So true. Number 10, our final takeaway for building a wardrobe you love, have fun and rediscover you. Yeah, I love this rediscovery aspect of this. You know, we touched on this in in the very beginning of our conversation about being a teenager and maybe you did not, for whatever reason, feel stylish or have the ability to explore style. Well, this is your opportunity now, like carve out 30 minutes over the weekend and, and lock the bathroom door, go in your closet and just play in your clothes, play in your makeup, play with your hair, like do all of these things. It is so fun to be able to come up with new ideas. And, you know, one of the reasons that we love shopping is because our brains tell our bodies that it feels good and that we do get those dopamine hits, but you can get those same dopamine hits just by playing around with clothes that you already own or with trying a different makeup technique or trying to, you know, something different with your hair. It is a very low risk way to play around and explore and to have fun with style. And I love to tell women to do this too, like go into your closet, find your favorite pair of jeans. It doesn't have to be jeans if you're not a jeans wearer. It can be anything you wear on the lower half of your body 
and then start pairing them up in different ways. You don't have to actually put them on. I like to just lay a pair of jeans out on my bed and then I start, I go in and I'll grab a top that matches them. And then if it's, you know, cooler out, I'll grab a topper, like a jacket or cardigan or something to pair up with it. Then I'll grab a pair of shoes and I just kind of create this little flat lay on my bed and I take a picture with my phone and then I move on. I keep that same pair of jeans and move on and start creating different outfit combinations, just carving out like 30 minutes to do this every once in a while. What you're going to end up with is a ton of different ideas on your phone that you can refer back to so that if you are stumped for what to wear, then you're going to have, you know, this place that you can go to that's going to make that so much easier for you. But really just do the things that, you know, are fun. Fashion is supposed to be fun. And when you find that winning formula that you love, make sure that you can replicate that. You can create it from other pieces in your closet um, so that you'll have, you'll never walk in there and wonder what you're going to wear again. Yeah. And I feel like that the internet has made us think that people don't actually repeat outfits. Like if you follow style influencers or anyone, it doesn't have to be a style influencer, just, you know, people, most of the time you get it in your head that people are not repeating outfits. Let me tell you right now, everybody, I promise you, people are repeating outfits. You can repeat an outfit. I don't know that anybody notices unless it is like a very, very, very bold piece And even so, even if it is a bold piece, like who, I can't even imagine caring that someone wore it to one birthday party and then also wore it to a event. I mean, who cares? But I do think that that's another one of the things that we talk to ourselves about, which is like, well, I already wore this once or I have to have a hundred sweaters or whatever because I can't repeat them. When... If anyone listened to episode 201, my big lessons that I learned in 2023 was I repeated my book release dress, my life council dress. (laughs) I just decided I was going to wear that dress, which was very bold. I wore it to every single book event that I had. And obviously I was repeating it. Now that's a little bit different because it's sort of, it's sort of part of an event versus just like you living your life and repeating outfits. But I guess it taught me something even so about like, literally no one cares. That's so true. If if you feel great in something and you want to wear it a bunch of times, fantastic. If you just want to be like, declare to your friends, y'all, this is the season of this sweater. And I'm just going to wear this sweater for a couple months. Get used to it. You know, kind of make it fun. Make it funny. Like, there, I we just have so many hangups, or maybe uh, this is me preaching to myself again, but that this repetition piece, which is what I got from your final one, which was have fun, is that I think that sometimes that can take the fun out of it. If you're already a natural outfit maker, then that's probably very fun to you to make a bunch of outfits. But if you do something like Allison just described, which is pick a few outfits and take pictures of them on your phone so that you remember that you have them, dadgum, repeat them. If you feel yes. great in them, wear it again. <laughs> right. It makes your life easier. And, and really, like, that's that's a testament to you knowing your style enough that that is one of your heck yes pieces, right? You put it on. You love it. You want to wear it over and over again. That's 
that's a win in my book. So I love that you wore that dress every time. And, and you're right. I feel like there is this, people don't understand. Sometimes I wear the same outfit three times in a week and I'm not afraid to admit that (laughs) I work from home though. So nobody sees me and that's okay. Like it doesn't stink and it's fine and it's clean, but it makes my life easier. And, you know, when you look at like Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg, who wore the same outfits every single day, think about how many less decisions they had to make in their life in another day when it came to shopping and getting dressed just simply by making that decision. And yes, we do enjoy being creative and and having fun with our style, but you can still apply those same principles to make your life easier too. Agreed. Especially because most of our clothes are not statement pieces. Like most of our clothes are let's just say normal clothes, a black sweater and some jeans or whatever. So if you want to repeat that look, you can change your hair, you can add accessories, makeup, coat, whatever. You can change up that look if that matters to you to change up that look, or you can literally do it all exactly the same. And I just don't think as many people would notice as you think they would. We are just, people are just not paying that much attention. No, they're not. They're distracted and they're paying attention to themselves. (laughs) Exactly. And let that be a freedom, everyone. Let that be a freedom. I loved this conversation as I always love chatting with you, Allison. And I love, love, love following you on Instagram. I will link to your Instagram because I need everyone to go see what a joy you are there. Also, people can go take an outfit formulas test, right? Will you tell us about that? Yes, it's a fun test. So you just go and enter in your style preferences, what you're getting dressed for. And I will spit out, well, I won't do it, but we've got some technology that's going to give you an outfit formula idea. And you can shop your closet for that to recreate the look, or you can go to your favorite retailer to get some pieces, but it's going to make it just that much easier for you to get dressed every day. And you can get that at outfitformulas.com slash quiz. Outfitformulas.com slash quiz. As always, this will be in the show notes, in the show description, and I will make sure I put it on social so everyone can go take a little quiz and, and find out what they could be wearing if they wanted to. I love this so much. Thank you for coming back to 10 Things to Tell You to talk to us about style. It was totally my pleasure. Thank you. 